Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know... Put them together for Friday on B&A. That is right. It is Friday into a holiday weekend for a lot of folks, including us. We will be off Monday and, and Tuesday ahead of uh, 4th of July, of course, which is Tuesday. I wish we had Wednesday off, though. It's the 4th on Tuesday, right? That's correct. Our The bosses here gave us a choice of either Monday or Wednesday for, for, for employees. Now, we, as a programming the, the PD made the choice of Monday, which I'll just go ahead and take four straight days instead of two off, one on, one more off. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll go to bed early on Tuesday night. That's fine. I'll watch some fireworks and then crash. That's good. Ty's shaking his I head. I, well, you can sleep on the, the cushions here at the station like you did last night. Not on the 4th. Not on the 4th. What, what, is your, what are your plans for the 4th of July? I mean, I'll, what, we, that kind of wraps up the weekend. You watch some fireworks somewhere, crawl in bed, see you later. Right? I'll be house-sitting, so I'll be close. Yeah, you are house-sitting this weekend, feeding dogs, watering plants. This says, uh, why does Ty hate J.J. Watt? Never I met a nicer dude. <laughs> I don't hate J.J. Watt. I just said his broadcasting skills not, might not translate. We'll see. We'll see. This says, faces of death. I had to walk out of the theater. Couldn't stomach it. There was actually a big screen. Everything I ever saw with faces of death were VCR tapes. Oh, man. Just like tapes that you had to watch. This says... Uh, E, I'm around your age. Faces of Death was petrifying. Yeah, it was. And I had buddies that were loved it. I'm like, okay, you guys are, I'm gonna, I need to figure out who I'm hanging out That's with. It's literally morbid. It is. Oof. Well, our man Buck got into a stage where he was watching uh, tsunami videos on YouTube well, for hours at a time. So this wasn't like real, <laughs> this wasn't like real people dying. Oh, right? yes, it was. You yes, sure? it was. Yeah, they'd American have this... Mondo horror film. Written and directed by John Allen Schwartz. Oh, this must be the movie no, version it. of that. Faces of Death, 1978, 81, 85, 87, 90, and 95. I just remember there was this creepy doctor that would come and he'd, he'd walk you through these faces of death of how people die. Oh, yeah, videos, man. It was terrible. It was not good. Um, and that, that all, that conversation stems from our conversation about the uh, submersible, which imploded, which you can go watch Mythbusters, which, you know, tried to set up. Uh, what it would be like. And somebody mentioned, our buddy uh, Woodworker said that Mythbusters deal was at 300 feet. The the submersible for Ocean Gate was 42 times deeper. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was it was one thing you do know for the five who perished, it was quick. Yeah. It was very, very quick. And I would say the best and, option. Didn't they say they recovered some of their remains? Yes. Oh, I think most of them. And they were they yeah just recently because they're still on the. I think they're still it. inside it, wasn't it? Because it, it doesn't it implode kind of. Yeah, I don't is know that what, what I heard? that would look like. That's once again not going to watch that video. They might want to take down the 
Because the, the Ocean Gate website is still booking future trips. I have a feeling that company's going to struggle. They might as well take that website. Yeah, because a lot of people said that, um, you know, that they signed waivers, so you can't sue. They're still going to get sued. They're still no. going to get sued. Just Whether it's successful or not, right? That will be the question. Because according to many, the 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 waiver that they signed said the word death like multiple times on the first several pages. Like you could die. This you they're they're, they're and a guy took his kid on it. Ugh. Come on, man, nineteen years old. Uh, okay, so uh, it says whoever enjoys watching people die deserves. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> people are weighing in. Those are the faces of death was fake. Well, I was a teenager. I might have, might have, they might have got me. <laughs> I, I thought it was real. I, I wouldn't even watch them. They would tell me what it was. And I'm like, I don't need to see that. I don't need to watch that. Let's get to uh, your trending topics and headlines, including uh, looks like David Pierce making the change again. Top Gun, Equipment Rentals bring you the news, and uh, good to see Brandon Mars in studio yesterday with Top Gun, cutting the new spot, doing great work there. Uh, start with the Longhorns. It appears for the second straight offseason, head coach David Pierce and Longhorn Baseball will be looking for a new pitching coach. D1Baseball.com and the Austin American Statesman both reported yesterday that Woody Williams will not return as the Longhorns pitching coach next season. The 56-year-old was hired last summer to replace Sean Allen. He had spent, uh, he had spent seven seasons at San Jacinto Junior College before that. Texas pitchers finished 10th nationally with a 4.18 staff ERA. Junior ace Luke, Lucas Gordon was the Big 12's Pitcher of the Year, of course. LeBaron Johnson Jr. emerged as a frontline starter midway through the season and earned all-conference accolades, but there was plenty of cons- inconsistency on the staff beyond that. Uh, no word on why the uh, the move is being made. Major League Baseball, the starters for next month's All-Star Game in Seattle announced yesterday, and the AL West-leading Texas Rangers will have a franchise record four starters in the Midsummer Classic. Most of any major league team, the entire infield for the Rangers, minus first base, will be starting in that game. Catcher Jonah Heim and rookie third baseman Josh Young have both been voted to their first All-Star Games and starts. Shortstop Corey Seager will make his, Seager will make his fourth. Second baseman Marcus Simeon his second. All-star pitchers and reserves will be named on Sunday. All-star game is July 11th, as we mentioned, in Seattle. On the field yesterday and last night, Rangers dropped the uh, final game of their four-game set with Detroit 8-5, to while the all-star starter less Houston Astros won the rubber game of their series in St. Louis, 14 to nothing. Kyle Tucker homer drove in five. Alex Bregman hit his third grand slam of the season as Houston pounded out a season high 18 hits. Astros will... Uh, the Astros then flew to Arlington after that game. They're going to open up a four-game wraparound weekend series with the Rangers tonight. Uh, Rangers hold a five-game lead over the Astros to start that one. They'll play Friday through Monday in Arlington. LA Angels are six games back. They dropped their series finale with the White Sox last night, 9-7, to but the incredible Shohei Otani uh, did, did break the all-time record for home runs in the month of June with his 14th. He leads Major League Baseball with 29 right now. He's batting 309 In the NBA, the league's free agency period will open tonight at midnight. A flurry of activity is expected into the 4th of July weekend. In Philadelphia yesterday, 76ers guard James Harden decided to pick up his $35.6 million player option for the upcoming season. But according to multiple reports, the, he will now work with the team on a trade. Uh, if, he, if and when he is moved, the 34-year-old well, will land with his fourth team in the past three years. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Get a free Hustler generator with purchase of select Hustler zero-turn mowers in stock till June 30th at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. It says uh, they're booking trips to the Titan remain, or Titanic remains half off. Half off <laughs> in case it's one way. That's We're being morbid now. Big summer blowout. <laughs> Big, Big implosion. Blow in. 
<laughs> oh, look here. Now somebody sent me the covers of the Faces of Death. It says, E, those are largely not real, it turns out. However, the rep was 100%. The uh, rep was 100% real, and they were banned in multiple countries. If you were to rewatch them now, you'd see there is a false um, false essence and false. Uh, many of those clips are faked and staged. Okay, good enough. Um, ooh, this says Faces of Death was very real. From what I remember, I have the visuals in my head from watching it as a kid. Oh, yeah. I think you missed because you were born in 1980. I was already eight years old when you were born there, Nick, and uh, – I, I I hit that. I was kind of in the wheelhouse, mid '80s. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I don't remember these. I was also in the wheelhouse of Indiana Jones, as I mentioned. I was in that wheelhouse too. And it's coming out tonight. <laughs> Somebody uh, said I went and saw. I already saw uh, Indiana Jones, and it was great. It was great. Well, saw saw Indy last night. Really good. So that's that. All the reviews I have read, it's because they they made a fourth one with Shia LaBeouf in like 2009. It was a long time from the from numbers. Remember, the first three came out in the 80s, all in the 80s, 81, 85, and like 88. And they, they came out pretty quickly. Uh, and they were all really good. And uh, Indiana Jones, man, he, I mean, Harrison Ford dominated the 70s with Star Wars uh, as Han Solo. He also, what, American Graffiti, yep. even at the beginning of the decade. And then uh, here he is in, in Indiana Jones. I do remember being eight or nine years old when it came out and thinking, you know, as you're a kid, you're kind of putting things together. Okay, he's Han Solo, but he's also now Indiana Jones. <laughs> he's uh, the man. He's the man. He's the guy's awesome. But obviously, you know they're acting in their fictitious roles. But at the same time, uh, pretty cool. But Indiana Jones was big time. That was it, it. Kind of ended, and I was getting older too. But it it kind of ended my uh, my Star Wars. Huh. Because uh, because I was five or six years old when the first Star Wars came out, and I told you this. We when Empire Strikes Back came out, I remember standing in line to see that because the first one. Was so so uh, we we were so hooked. We had you know bed sheets and lunch boxes, and we had every 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 Star Wars action figure that was ever made. I believe you know there was one Christmas where my brother and I were just like, "It's all we want: Star Wars stuff." Yeah, Star Wars stuff. Get we it. were that way too. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> and uh, then then Indiana Jones came, and uh, it was wow. Okay, well that's new, but it's good. And so then the, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Man, Harrison good. Ford's. He's, he's 80 years he's old, the man. Now. Have, oh. Did you watch Shrinking? On Apple, we watched a couple of those episodes. We haven't gone back to it yet, but it was good. He's fantastic in it. He, I mean, he plays himself as always, just you know, kind of curmudgeon-y, yeah, <laughs> grumpy. Yeah, uh, he, 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 he's very good at that role, obviously. Yeah, and he's eighty years old, so uh, and he survived like three plane crashes. So anybody that can do that, you well, know, doesn't he keep crashing his own plane? A couple, yeah, but he survives. Maybe he is a superhero. Hey, I don't know. I mean, somebody can give me the research on that. How many plane crashes Harrison Ford has survived, but. It's a good number. It's a good number. You want to survive all of them. <laughs> yes, you do. That's absolutely right. Okay, so uh, you know a lot of people asking about the Woody Williams decision. I'll be honest with you, I haven't gotten a lot of intel on this. I, I, I did uh, mention text Ty Harrington yesterday when I saw the news and saw the report from uh, Kendall Rogers at D1 Baseball that the, the, the Texas and Woody Williams were parting ways. Uh, Ty said he had heard about it, but uh, didn't have much intel. So you know, it's one of those things we just don't know. Uh, you know, did, was was this Woody Williams that didn't want to return for another season? Was it David Pierce who wanted to make a change? Is there somebody that David Pierce is eyeing that he thinks would even be an upgrade here that maybe he couldn't get last offseason? And, um, you know, those are all factors here uh, that we don't know. But in the end, it's it's another change. And the Longhorns have already added, you know, three or four commitments through the portal. Um, pitcher from Baylor, uh, pitcher from uh, from Duke. A left-handed pitcher from Duke has already committed to Texas. I think there's three or four pitchers that have already committed to Texas for next season through that portal. Again, I don't know how this Woody Williams news, which has not been made official by the school, 
uh, just been reported by Kendall Rogers and then confirmed by the Austin American Statesman. You know, it's one of those things, did, did these recruits know about that? Maybe they did. Well, and I wonder how it re- affects the returning guys, too, or the possible returning guys. I know Lucas and I think LeBaron are up for, for the draft. I wonder how that impacts them. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the, you know, the draft and is Tanner coming up too. on. So the draft is coming up the All-Star weekend, and I give baseball credit. They're, they're now combining their amateur draft with the All-Star break, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, I, like The All-Star game is on a Tuesday night. But the draft itself will be Sunday night, Monday night, and then by Tuesday they'll, they'll focus solely on the All-Star game. I believe that's how that's going to play out for Major League Baseball. And we told you earlier that, it, that it's being reported that ESPN plans to carry the amateur draft for the first time. It's always been on MLB Network, and there was little interest in the MLB draft. But the, uh, you know ESPN trying to you know, strike while it's hot here that there's all these top picks that everybody just watched at the College World Series who are going to go off the board early. You know, a lot of times when you're, you know, the amateur draft is on, you, know, you don't know any of the picks. You're like, oh, who's this high school kid? Who's this guy? This year, and maybe in, and as we talked about the growth of college baseball because, of the, because Major League Baseball shrunk their, their draft in half down to 20 rounds, there are going to be more high school players going to college and more developing in college. Plus, with the NIL opportunities that you have now in college baseball, um, you know, you're going to see more and more star players staying and playing in college instead of trying to make their way through the minor leagues because they can get an education and make money and you know, play for great coaches. Uh, and you know, so ESPN, I think, sees that coming. And you know, much like people tune in for the NBA draft and certainly the NFL draft, one of the things that made the NFL draft so popular it's the confluence of college and pro football. So you, these are these are college stars that you've gotten to know, and where are they going to go, and where are they going to be drafted? Who's your favorite team going to play? You could see a time starting this year that baseball's a lot of things like that, Nick. That you know these guys, yeah, and that they're getting drafted high in drafts. And look, I think there's a part of Major League Baseball that's looking at this saying, yeah, instead, you know, we've we've shrunk down our minor league system, we've cut our draft in half. We'll let you, the schools, develop these players, market these players. Um, and they can go to school, and they can make some NIL dollars, and then when they're, you know, it, all, it almost protects Major League Baseball teams from themselves, from taking an 18-year-old kid that's just not ready uh, and it isn't what he appears to be in high school. That They're going to get vetted uh, through the college ranks, and then, okay, we'll, we'll wait till they're 21 uh, and play for some really good coaches, and then we'll decide where we want to draft them. Uh, I think that's all part of this, but it, it, I think it spells, you know, a boom time coming from college baseball. Yeah, and I think we as Texas fans need to pay attention. We've got a lot of guys. It's you know, it's not like last year where I think we have a bunch of high round projections. So I think it could, you know, there's going to be a lot of decisions for you know for guys like Lucas and LeBaron and Dylan, uh, Dylan Campbell, and and a lot of those guys. So it could affect. It's going to greatly affect our team next year and how it looks. And you know, Tanner Witt too, and and all those guys. Uh, the projections I've seen actually, David Pierce even you know talked to Kirk Bowles of the Statesman about this recently that he. He kind of they, the program kind of projects that that uh, Woody, uh, excuse me, that uh, LeBaron Johnson Jr. probably in the third round in that yeah. range, maybe Lucas Gordon, maybe Dylan Campbell in the sixth, maybe yeah. fifth, sixth round kind of thing. But you're right. I mean, those guys are watching what's going on here, and these top players that you know start out, you know, they're going to go one, two, three, four, five in this draft. You know, come back. You know, if you're a sixth round pick, ninth round pick, and you know, in that realm, you have a decision to make. But you know you can come back and try to get this team to Omaha, and if you know if there was a chance where Lucas Gordon and LBJ and Dylan Campbell were to return to Texas, wow! I mean that's the foundation of one heck of a team with Jalen Flores and um, Jared Thomas and, and those young pieces that are in, in in place. I mean that's that's what you're talking about, and that's what LSU had, right? LSU had 
you know, the best player in college baseball. They added the best pitcher in college baseball through the portal. And, uh, you know, they added another, their, their leading home run hitter they brought in from NC State, uh, you know, Tyler White. And that's, that's how you win a national championship. You bring in great players. And uh, that's what LSU did. So, obviously, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, if you're David Pierce, you can't count on it, right? You know, the draft's not for another 10, 11 days. You're going to have to wait and see. And then they're going to have to make a decision from there. You just have to keep doing your thing. This says, I played college ball with Woody Williams. He was always a bit of a hothead. I'm guessing he and DP didn't <laughs> mesh well. Well, I mean, look, that's part of it, too. I mean, David Pierce hired Woody Williams, and this was their first year working together. Maybe it didn't work, right? Maybe it's just, okay, you know what? And, then, and I'll give credit. If it's, if it's not the right fix, it's, you know, you guys spend a lot of time together. And we also know David Pierce over his career, whether he was with Wayne Graham, Wayne Graham at Rice, or his other stops, he's coached pitchers. I mean, he's been a pitching coach before. So he has his own opinions on developing pitchers, and he's done it himself. So, again, that, these are the, the speculative things that we just don't know. It could, it could be that Woody Williams just didn't want to be in Austin anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Also, we mentioned our friend Mike Harge, Hardball, from Ball Don't Lie in the Afternoons, had a tweet yesterday that uh, he wouldn't be surprised if Troy Tulowitzki comes back to the program in some capacity. Of course, he was a volunteer coach last year, and um, – you know, is doing his own thing now, but uh, that's interesting because Mike is really tied in. Harge is tied into what's going on with Texas baseball, so keep an eye on that. Uh, another round of coaching changes on top of the new players and the decisions to be made by the Texas players. There's also a report uh, that uh, Rodney Terry, you know, the NCAA recently passed a new rule allowing college basketball teams to add an extra assistant coach, and it looks like Rodney Terry is going to bring in an old colleague of his. According to John Rothstein, of CBS, uh, sources, he says, sources say Texas's Rodney Terry will hire East Carolina assistant Nick Matson as a member of his staff. Matson had previously worked for Terry as an assistant at both UTEP and Fresno State. Yeah, he he uh, he apparently was uh, was instrumental in the recruitment and development of Bryson Williams, who was all conference and then ended up. A lot of people remember transferred to Tech. He was a big guy in the portal. Okay, and so uh, Nick Matson won to watch, and of course Chris Ogden. Has been, you know, he, when when Chris Beard was dismissed this past year, Chris Ogden left his role as kind of the general manager of the program to slide back onto the bench to fill it out. But you know, they're moving him back into that role, and you know, people say, well, what does a general manager do? I Man, there's a lot to do. And we talk about this with baseball too and football. You know, someone's got to keep up with the portal. And someone's got to organize kind of your portal board like you would a draft board. And you got to recruit. You got a portal. You got to recruit your own players. I mean, there's a lot to be done, and, and you know, a role like that with Chris Ogden, uh, who you know very well. I mean, that's that's an important role right now in college basketball. Is you're going to be re- essentially rebuilding and re-recruiting your roster on on a de- on a yearly basis. Yeah, I, I don't think people understand, and I think they underestimate how much Augie does and how good he is at what he does. I've known him since he was a player at Texas, but he he handles you name it. He oversees it. He's in charge of it. Uh, everything from you know all how the team looks to all the things you said, and plus having a having an accomplished head coach in that position too. It's never a bad thing to have another you know really good brain in that room, and it, we're lucky to have Augie. He's he's awesome. Yeah, Chris Ogden, of course, played at Texas for Rick Barnes and uh, was the head coach at UT Arlington when he decided to come back and take this role with with then Chris Beard, but now with Rodney Terry. Uh, so we know that Frank Haith was brought back uh, to bring a, a guy with a lot of head coaching experience for Rodney Terry. I think that's a, a good move. Of course, Frank was with Rick Barnes and then had uh, really successful stints at Missouri and Miami as a head coach. So, you know, if you're Rodney Terry and you're, you're taking over this program, um, you know, on a full-time basis, you have someone like Frank next to you who you coached with before. Now Nick Matson, who you coached with before. Um, you know, there's 
And you, you want that continuity. And Steve McClain, of course, the former coach at Illinois, Chicago, and Wyoming, also on a very experienced coaching staff. Uh, and, you know, they built the roster out. I mean, they, 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 and they're not done. They, uh, they're continuing to recruit and uh, got about 10 guys on the roster. And, you know, everybody's, everybody's excited to see what this thing can be with the return of uh, Dylan DeSue, the return of Tyrese Hunter. I mean, think about that where we talk about baseball where, you know, LBJ and Dylan, uh, Lucas Gordon and, uh, you know, Dylan Campbell, guys like that have to make decisions. Longhorn basketball had to go through the same process and wait on Tyrese Hunter and wait on Dylan DeSue, what, what his call was going to be. Dylan Mitchell, too. Dylan Mitchell returning, which was big. I mean, well, you know, those three guys coming back all of a sudden gives you a lot of optimism added with the portal players you brought in and uh, the other recruits. I mean, this is you now you got some experience to build around in the Texas basketball program. Yeah, I, I like where they're where they're headed. I think I think there's they're they're still going to, you know, I think I'm pretty sure their roster is not fully rounded out, but they, they got a huge commitment pick up in uh in uh Chris Johnson. I mean he was one of Kansas's biggest recruits and kind of almost did a swap with him and Arterio. So I, I like how this team's looking. You got a lot of experience coming back and uh it's gonna be fun to watch. Agreed. And they, they of course the the big name is Max Acemus, the uh, the kid from Oral Roberts, conference player of the year twice and I've already seen some video of him working out down at UT. He is slick man. He is a really people are gonna really like this guy. He is a creative shop maker, quick release. You know he for his career and four years at Oral Roberts um, you know, shoot, shot over forty percent from three point land. He's a ninety percent foul shooter. He's just a great shooter. It's got that real quick release. He's not the biggest guy, but man, is he smooth with the ball? He can play, you know, the, run the point, or he can play off guard if he needs to. He and Tyrese Hunter are going to be interesting. Uh, Longhorn fans are hoping in his junior year that Tyrese, you know, really takes takes a step forward. And I think Tyrese is going to benefit from getting in and, and meeting with the NBA people and finding out what they think of his game and what he needs to work on. We saw how, how much that helped Marcus Carr, right? Marcus Carr came back and had a great final season. Uh, Tyrese Hunter has that same opportunity now. And getting Dylan Mitchell back on top of Caden Shedrick, the Virginia transfer, the big man, this is going to be an athletic and, uh, and pretty big front line for yeah. Texas on top of what they have in the backcourt. That's the right way to describe it. I think, I think they're going to be more athletic this year, which is, which is awesome to, to think about. And uh, Royale calls uh, Max Acemus, he's he just calls him a bucket. He said that kid is just <laughs> – he's a bucket every single time. A bucket, I like it. Yeah, Royal Ivy, your former roommate back in the day. And now <laughs> I didn't know this until you told me Royal's now on the staff of the Houston Rockets. Yeah, yeah, I didn't he, know he moved. Yeah, there. Udoka brought him in on uh, on this new staff, and he's excited to get back almost to Austin. He's so close. But. Well, Royal Ivy, a guy, and we're not hoping anything but the best for Rodney Terry. But at some point, you could see Royal Ivy as a, a coach of his alma mater down the road. I mean, that would be, and that's that's kind of where Royal's working towards, right? Yeah, well, or, I think uh, I think he's working more on an NBA trajectory, but yeah, right? I think who knows who knows what happens. I mean, uh, we, obviously Rodney, I think Rodney's going to do really well, but mm-hmm. it'd be awesome one day to see you know that him pass the torch over to to Roy because Roy uh, Roy's Texas through and through. Texas believed in him, and he believed in Texas. Yeah, one of Rick Barnes' favorite all time players for sure. All right, well, we'll come back and uh, pick up these conversations. We are going to hear from Greg Sankey coming up. Greg Sankey is the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference. He had a sit down with uh, Fox's Joel Klatt. Uh, pretty wide-ranging conversation. Good stuff on Texas and Oklahoma joining the conference. Should they do an eight or a nine-game schedule? Obviously, you know the, the feud between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher of last year and where the SEC stands right now. Uh, pretty good stuff coming up with Greg Sankey, the State of College Athletics. Also, Craig Way with his report and your blitz before the end of the hour on a busy Friday. It's Bucky and Aaron. Now getting good reviews already on the new Indiana Jones blockbuster with drops tonight. I don't know if somebody already saw it last night. Maybe it was out last night. Man, I'm getting excited now. Yeah, I haven't gone to the movie theater in forever. 
I might have to. What was the last movie I saw in the theater? Well, I went to see um, The Ride. Remember uh, oh, yeah. with the, the Austin Gamblers, they did a a, a preview of the, the eight-part docuseries on Prime Video. And so Alamo Drafthouse for that event, which was about an hour long. And by the way, caught, caught up on two more of those episodes. I'm through five now. Really good. Really compelling. you got three to go. It's a really good show. Uh, again, as we said, if you don't know anything about bull riding, I promise you, if you just watch the first episode and into two, you'll just be hooked on it because it's, uh, it's really compelling, high drama. And what you learn when you watch it is, uh, and J.J. Gotcha was with us on Tuesday as a special guest host. He talked about the, you know, the deep-pocketed owners that are in this sport and one of the reasons it's growing. You know, the, 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 the ownership group that owns Austin, the Austin Gamblers, uh, owns 18% of Manchester City in the Premier League. I mean, they, wow. they are, they, 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 they've got deep pockets, and they're behind this thing to grow it. The TV ratings were, were pretty darn good in year one. Um, they're on CBS Sports Network and then on C- Big CBS for their big Sunday event. So they see the growth of it. They're, JJ talked about the expansion that's coming for PBR, going from an individual sport, uh, professional bull riding, to a team sport. And last year was the inaugural year. Um, you know, Richard Childress. NASCAR. He owns the the the, uh, the team in North Carolina, the Carolina Cowboys. Uh, Richard Childress Racing. I mean, that, one of the big episodes that I just watched. There was a, the the weekend that they went to Carolina for their home event. Um, it, deep pockets, man. And I did not know this, but the race car driver, the NASCAR driver, Austin Dillon, is the uh, who is Richard Childress's grandson. He is the general manager of that team. Like he's wow. yeah, he's 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 in charge of the bull riders and um, gets invested. Uh, pretty cool. So check that out if you got some time this weekend. If you're not watching Indiana Jones or the Astros Rangers series, is going to be a fun one this weekend. Uh, got the NBA with its free agency. What's coming? Uh, is a, on, a, on a scale of one to ten, Ty Henderson, how active do you expect this free agent period here between now and our next show on Wednesday? They'll expect a lot to go down starting at midnight tonight. I feel like that will probably be the big, some of the biggest stories out of the out of the break. Because normally goes pretty quick. I mean, because they've had all of June to kind of posture and get everything set and make their decisions and where they want to go. The tampering has already taken place. Tampering's already <laughs> taken place, yes. Well, I saw a report yesterday that, that the Dallas Mavericks, who didn't seem to have much, you know, many other suitors for Kyrie Irving, that, that he took a trip to Phoenix. Yeah, uh, we're good. They can only offer him like 12 mil. Yeah, I hope he comes back. One, uh, one if a little inside source told me that Grant Williams is going to be offered a uh, contract by the Mavericks, but the, the Celtics will have the opportunity to match that. He's a restricted free agent. I feel like every year we go through this with the Mavs, though, where it's like they're rumored to be in a well, hundred different not, things, and then uh, he's not really the you know the prize of the free agency. Yeah. Though he's probably a mid from, from the Celtics. Yeah, mid level exception. Okay, this has got to be the year we actually do something. I hope. Um, if <laughs> well, you can re-sign Kyrie, I'm good with that. Yeah, we yeah. talked. Keep you build, to do a little more. <laughs> keep keep building. Like just fill out the roster. Like Keenan was saying yesterday when he came on, just like fill out the roster. Don't worry about getting that third star. Like the, yeah, that, that you, era, you they need NBA. a good small forward though. That's why I like the Grant Williams or, or somebody like yeah, that. Yeah, we just need some defensive stoppers. Because yeah. once they traded Dorian Finney-Smith and yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie away, it was there was no defense. Yeah, I left. thought the same. When we had Keenan Womack yesterday, uh, draft expert and NBA expert, I thought he was on point that you know, the Mavericks need to be aggressive, but they don't need to go for big fish. They need to build the roster around Luka and they got to get Kyrie signed first if you're going there, and then it's what you are talking about the guts of the team. Uh, you need to build that. Uh, and if you're the Spurs and Rockets, I, mean, I, I don't want to see the Rockets trade, make a move for James Harden. I, and you are you know, you know have your Houston Rockets t-shirt on right now. <laughs> it's reports no. that you might take a meeting with him as well. Well, I'm, I'm out on that. But uh, I like the, the direction. I like Ime Udoka. 
I like that the guy, like the Royal Ivy is now part of that coaching staff. These they're, are all positives for me. They're young. Yeah, I like it. And they're, I think they're drafting now. They they wanted the Victor Wimbanyama of ping pong ball like everybody did, and they had an equal chance with the Spurs, but the Spurs got it. But I do think the Rockets with with Amen Thompson, and then getting the the kid out of Villanova with the twentieth pick. Those are two, you know, top seven, top eight prospects, and and both ultra athletic. Uh, to go with Jalen Green, so you start to build something. I, I would like to see them tinker with the roster too, but I don't need a James Harden. I, I think really they're don't. Uh, they're more on the street as they're going to offer Kyle Kuzma a huge deal. Kyle the Rockets Kuzma. are the Rockets. Are. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't hate that. I, I, yeah, of course, was in Washington last year. Could use some shooting. Uh, I'm with you there. Okay, and we'll see the Rockets, Spurs, Mavericks. Uh, I also saw that James Harden, now that he's opted into his contract, but he's going to be traded by Philadelphia. Clippers may be a team. Back in, I mean, he's from Los Angeles originally on his way to Arizona State and then to his NBA career with Oklahoma City, then Houston. But the Clippers. Um, it's these these superstars that want to play together. It's It really bothers me. You well, think, you could see J- James Harden wanting to go back home, right, to Los Angeles. And, yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. I think they would have to trade Paul George at that point. So I don't think Paul George would go to Philly, but you you got to shed that and try to get something back. They have a bu- Bunch of money invested in the Norman Powell, um, Nick Batum, and Robert Covington, who are three guys that they're. I think they're looking to move on from. So I could see maybe those three and a draft pick for Harden. For Harden, all right, match mm-hmm. salaries. And then, of course, the Damian Lillard conversation. And Keenan Womack yesterday said, "I thought he'd be traded by now." So the fact that he hasn't, you don't He's know. Staying. He he wants to be like Dirk, Tim yeah. Duncan, one of those guys. We'll see what they can do because they drafted Scoot Henderson in the draft and. You know they have a young dynamic backcourt. It's for me. I think I think it was Colin Coward who I heard compare this, or I saw him the other day comparing Damian Lillard to Matt Stafford. That that, that Matt Stafford, it was time for him to leave Detroit when he did. They they agreed to that and they sent him to a place where he could win. Won his Super Bowl. The Rams needed a quarterback, and uh, you know it worked out for Detroit too. It feels like because they got Jared Goff, they got you know high picks, and then they've rebuilt. Around that trade, and um, you know, looks like Dan Campbell's building something there, especially on the offensive side. If their defense comes along, Detroit can be really good in the NFL. And the Rams, of course, won the Super Bowl, and now they've now they're having to tear it all down. You could be a legend forever, though, if you stay in Portland and and win. Well, you, that is true. So he guys, already owns that. Well, town. That's, but, but see, <laughs> I saw the press conference yesterday with Bradley Beal in Phoenix, and he talked about man, it's gonna be fun to be on TV, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, Washington Wizards games aren't on television unless you're, you have the NBA package. Uh, Bradley, you know, people people don't even realize how good Damian Lillard is because he's never on TV. Yeah. He, are they going to be? He's a, at least had some like big time moments early in, the in his career. Yeah, he yeah. did have I mean, some big like, playoffs. A few shots, years yeah. ago, he hit like that. Yeah, well, that's a half. But you're right; he back. hasn't had a lot of airtime no, recently. Definitely. Well, that's uh, yeah. that's what I'm talking about with Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford was a really good quarterback. They yeah. made the playoffs. I mean, they built their franchise around he and Calvin Johnson, and then Calvin Johnson retired. And Matt Matt Stafford was there. He gets traded to L.A. where they needed a QB, and he put him over the top. You know, if you put Dame Lillard in Milwaukee, where I've seen some trade talks, if you put Dame Lillard in Miami, they're over the top. I mean, and, and Dame Lillard's, you know, is what in mid-30s now. There's only a few more years for him to win some championships. It could be like a Matt Stafford situation, and Portland may benefit from it. If they can get enough for it with the young backcourt they have, then all of a sudden they're on a track to, to be good around young. And by the time those young guys get good, Damian Lillard's going to be leaving. It's so shaky in the NBA, especially when you're dealing with draft picks, though. It's such a – it's compared to the NFL, it's a, the NBA draft is a complete crapshoot, aside from maybe one or one to three guys, maybe. Yeah, I agree. It's not, all, it's not all home runs. It's not, you know, no. solid so contributors like, all the time. That's why, like, if you're, if you're Portland and you, you have – probably the number one trade piece in the NBA right now in Damian Lillard, 
I'd hold on to it as long as you can until you can get like a bona fide young star and and some draft compensation. But right. make well, sure you get a good young player back for him. Yeah, that's, right? don't uh, just get picks. That's the weekend, right? You got the Fourth of July coming up on Tuesday. You've got uh, baseball. That Ranger Astro series should be a lot of fun. By the way, our friend Gene Watson messaged back and said, because uh, I asked him about trade deadline, trade deals, how active will it be? And Gene said, you know, give me a little heads up. You know, just we, we might be talking to, to the Rangers right now. He's with the Royals, so we'll keep an eye on the uh, the, the, the Brady trade. Singer? Uh, well, no. Look, we, here's what I know about Gene Watson. He was in Round Rock last week. He is the you know assistant general manager for the Kansas City Royals. Um, it sounds like the Rangers would like to add a piece that they have. The, you know, the Royals are in last place in the uh, AL Central, but they have some some young pieces. Some pieces. Um, you know, Gene Watson was in Round Rock for a reason. He was looking at what the Rangers may have in return. Uh, so he saw their Double A team. He saw their Triple A team, and so we'll see. Um, you know, Rangers. Look, Rangers are in a great spot. And Gene said it to us. I mean, the Rangers have built a, a roster that leads baseball and runs scored. Um, with gosh, pushing 500 now. They've got the starting infield of the All Star Game with Josh Young and uh, John, Jonah Heim joining Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon in the on the American League team. Uh, but they need some, need some bullpen help, right? Twelfth, twelfth, twelfth rated bullpen ERA was. But their pitching the has been better of late, and their bullpen has been a lot better of late. Yeah, their starters are great. I mean, because I mentioned because I was looking into the numbers for this series with the Astros. I mean, there was a time not long ago where the Astros, the Rangers were the highest scoring team, but the Astros had allowed the fewest runs, but it was by a mile. The Rangers are getting closer and closer. The Astros have, have had some, some tough pitching days, and then the Rangers, I think their pitching staff's got better. Look, I think the Rangers are all in. There's no doubt. I mean, you spend what they spent on Seager and Simeon, and then you followed up with the DeGrom, Nathan Navaldi signings, Adam Andrew Heaney. I mean, they are all in. But because of all those players that have come from the outside of the organization in, it's put a ceiling on their minor league players that haven't been able to move up, right? Because yeah. guys who are in AAA, they would naturally just move up to the majors, are still at AAA. Guys who should be at AAA or at AA still because they, they filled positions from outside the organization, well, those guys can be trade pieces, right? If you're if you're the Rangers, you can use those. And you know, if you have a young shortstop, if you got a young player in a, in a key spot, well, Josh Young's not going anywhere. Marcus Simeon, Corey, you know, so you can trade those type of players. I don't think they would trade a Jack Leiter type player. Um, but I would also say this, the Rangers have the fourth pick in the amateur draft in two weeks, the fourth pick. So we know that Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz are probably going one, two, Wyatt Langford, the you know, outfielder from Florida, maybe three. Well, the Rangers are sitting in the four hole and they can take another dude, uh, that can add another piece. That'd put that Wake Forest kid there, right? Yeah. Rhett Lauder potentially yeah. uh, would be a guy to watch. Interesting. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what the, cause remember the last year the Rangers went with, you know, Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. Kumar yeah, Rocker. And he, He's hurt That's now. Tommy John this year. Yes. Well, you have a chance to make up for that, and they they you know they think Kumar Rocker after having Tommy John will come back and can still be a piece for them, but that's that's such a question mark now. But Leiter is on a, on a fast track, um, but you know if you go out and sign all these pitchers, Jack Leiter doesn't have any move up, can't move up right. Where's he going to go? But he could. He's still got a, I think a year or two. Sure, but would you trade him for the right piece? I don't think so, but. If you have the fourth pick to replace that prospect, if you're really going for it, oh, I think they this are this year. Yeah, they need to. May, maybe <laughs> I think they're going for it. I mean, because I think they look around the American League. I mean, no one's sure with uh, with Aaron Judge with the Yankees. You no, know, he you know hit it, broke, hurt his toe on that play in the outfield at Dodger Stadium. You know, it's now been reported he's got a torn ligament in the in the big toe, and that's that's something that if it doesn't, you know, will it heal? I mean, he's a big, heavy dude. Running around on a on a you know torn ligament in his big toe that's that's a that's a big injury potentially. It doesn't sound like a big injury, but that I've 
That's I've big. Broken a toe on my oh. foot, and it, oh. you can't walk. Right. You don't realize how much you use it to until something happens. Pinky what does he weigh? Two hundred eighty. What's he? Two sixty? Two fifty? Aaron Judge. I mean, that's a lot of weight, and he, of course he's running, playing center field. He's you know in the batter's box, and that's a big factor. And they've done, they've got he's gotten two PRP shots already to try to promote the healing and get this thing going. But you know, if you're the Rangers and you're looking around the American League, the Rays are the best team. Well, you're right there. You're right there. The Astros are battling injuries. It's a team that you know they can just get in the playoffs. I think they're going to you know be be something to deal with with their experience. But at the same time, the Rangers in every category are a better ball club than the Astros right now. They just are. Their offense is better. Uh, their defense. Do you know that the Texas Rangers are the number one defense in all of Major League Baseball? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I don't think there's a spot in the field where you that I would trade a, a Jack Leader type of prospect for. I don't either. I, but um, you know, bullpen arms you can never have too many of them come postseason time. Do you think the Mets will try to blow up? Any of their roster? Well, that's something to watch Maybe for sure. Max, because Max Scherzer, he's been pitching well, good last play. Well, because Steve Cohen, the Mets owner, I mean, they've got a, geez, they've got a, you know, the largest <laughs> major league payroll of all time, and they're eight games under five hundred. Yes, that thing could get blown up. Uh, so yes, I think if you're the Rangers, you put yourself in a really good spot. You hired the right manager. Your general manager, Chris Young's doing a great job. You've got a chance to go for it. Uh, I think you do. I think the American League is completely wide open. Uh, and if you already have the, the best offense, the best defense, and a really good pitching staff, you can make that pitching staff even better using some minor league prospects. Well, now all of a sudden you, you got a real chance. And as Gene Watson said last hour, not just for right now, but for the long haul, Rangers can, can get on a run here. Now, again, you got to start somewhere, but uh, moves here as we start July can be very impactful for what the Rangers are going to be. Uh, come playoff time. All right, we'll pick it up on the other side. When we do, it's your blitz time. It'll be the last blitz for four days, so let's uh, come strong here. Uh, it's been somewhat weak. We know a lot of people are on vacation already, uh, but bring those. 447-3776. Nick Shuley in the house. Ty Henderson in the house. And you, coming back. Salacious Gossip and your blitz first, Craig. Where you get that from? Did someone tell you that? Did someone tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, Okay. No games, just the gossip. You know that precedes your blitz every morning, so load that up, 447-3776. Already a couple of blitzers ready to go. Salacious Gossip always brought to you by Bud Light, the icy cold Bud Lights. Have a great 4th of July weekend. Include the Bud Light for your barbecues, your picnics, your fireworks watching. Get into the coast, get into the lake, get into the streams, whatever you're doing. Do with a nice cold Bud Light, the official domestic beer partner, your Longhorns, and summer fun in the ATX. All right, so Ty, you admitted yesterday, you know, we learned something about you each and every day, including that uh, you are, a, yesterday we learned you're a world-class beer chugger, mm-hmm. or was in your prime, your glory days, as Bruce Springsteen would sing. Um, but you're still living your glory days, kind of. Not as good as I once was, but I'm good once. As, as I ever was. I ever was. Thank you, Toby <laughs> Keith. Well, apparently uh, Draymond Green is not a world-class beer chugger. So last night at the match out there in Vegas where Patrick Mahomes and his teammate Travis Kelsey beat the uh, duo of Clay Thompson and Steph Curry 3-2 and two to win the match, the made-for-TV golf event. Well, at one point, I told you in his horrible outfit, Travis Kelsey did a beer, beer chuggy, did chug the beer. And then Draymond Green was there rooting on his, his buddies from the Warriors, and he tried to beer chug it, and it, it didn't go good. He made a mess. Made a mess. He couldn't. Weak, could, Draymond. Weak. Soft, soft. Are you a beer chugger, Nick? I am not. I, ne- I never have. I'm d- well, I mean, I I wish I was, but I'm not. I was never good at it. Would you a cocktail kind of good man? Uh, not a cocktail guy. By the but way, like, I I just like liquor. Speaking <laughs> of soft, our man Casey Stuttered from the uh, Big Ugly Tailgate texted. We're talking about Aaron Judge with a with a toe injury. 
He said, I played half a season with a broken toe. He's <laughs> blanking salt. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Well, no one ever accused of Casey being salt. I mean, yeah. he, that's when Texas's fates turned under Mac Brown was when Casey Stuttered and Lyle Senline and those dudes cold came in and brought some toughness to that offensive line, and they, they had all the skill talent, and then they became this ferocious group up front, and they'd fight anybody anywhere, and that was, that's when they started winning national championships and Rose Bowls. Uh, that's no doubt about that. All right, salacious gossip. Uh, Ty, your, your dad had some tough love for you when you were growing up. How about this? A cop in Florida under investigation for trying to potty train his son by throwing him in jail. Yeah, he also put him in handcuffs. In home jail? (laughs) Yeah. Says the kid promised to never soil his pants again. I feel like that's child abuse, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, probably sounds like it. Um, Also, someone in Ohio called 911 earlier this month, and they saw hair sticking out of a woman's trunk in her car, right? They're driving, and there's hair out of her trunk. We're like, oh, my gosh. What's going on here? So the cops came to investigate. Turns out she had just gotten her hair done. It was her wig she had tossed in there, (laughs) and it got stuck in between, and might need to mind their own business. Would you ever call because there's hair hanging out? What would you do on that? Maybe. Uh, I mean, that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I'd call, but that that does look, that does seem a little suspect. <laughs> Sus. I don't know what you do. You kind of remember the people that, that kind of do those things. They got like a foot hanging out of their <laughs> trunk. They get those little gag deals. I don't know, man. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we'll see if you would do that. It's also the opening of Indiana Jones tonight. I think uh, you're planning to go see it this weekend. See if I end up in a movie theater watching this. I don't know. I think I am now. I think you guys basically talked me into it. I got kind of hyped, everybody on the text line saying how, how good it was. and I, I don't know. I love those movies anyway. Raiders of the Lost Ark came out June 12th of 1981. I remember seeing it at the theater, man. It was a game changer. I was all in on Indy. Then Temple of Doom came out in 84. Last Crusade, 89. The very forgettable Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was out in 2008, but everybody hated that. Shia LaBeouf was in it. We don't want that. Yeah. But tonight's apparently is really good. And it's got the irreverent um, Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford back doing his thing. So enjoy that this weekend if you can. All right, let's go to your Blitz. There's some gossip. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck. The half under factory warranty in any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. It says I held the dorm record for 40-ounce malt liquor chugging. Oh. See? There you go. That's something. That's everybody to have a talent. Because I can put down a fine Guinness Irish car bomb faster than Ty can hit the dump button. See? I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, this guy says, I watched the last dance last night. NBA players are soft. Jordan and the Bulls never wore ski goggles in the postgame party when the champagne was flowing. I don't know if I'd call that soft. I think it's pretty smart to wear yeah. the ski goggles. That, that champagne will sting your eyes, and you get avoid it. Why not? Let's uh, go to your first butcher. You're up. You know what's soft? You guys take your Monday off. That's pretty soft. Hey, but Aaron, you're going to be proud of me, man. I scored. I went on Groupon, and I was able to uh, get some tickets for a submersible exploration. Digger, your book for June, June I'm sorry, June, July 23rd. Uh, get you and four of your classmen, and you're good to go. There you go. Groupon. Is that still a thing? Groupon? I haven't heard that in a long time. Me either. Uh, but I guess it's still out there. Next, Butcher, you're up. Hear me now. See me later. It's 120 degrees. Get to the chopper. That was, that was good. That's what a Friday blitz can be sometimes. Uh, next, Butcher, you're up. You sure as heck need some dang gum malt. Look close to the Rod Stewart. 
God, I hate Rod Stewart. He sucks. Thank you. See, let's get it off your chest. There we go. There's your blitz. Oh! Shut it down! Nick Shuley, live go! music uh, correspondent. Where are you on Rod Stewart? Man, I, my, my mom used to listen to Rod Stewart. I went as Rod Stewart for Halloween. Uh, how'd that go over? I looked good. They I were, looked good. They were playing one of his songs in HB the other day. I was singing along. I'm not gonna lie. You so call me sexy. I guess I'm soft. I don't like. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a love or hate for Rod Stewart, but I probably more like him than I don't. He's got some hits, man. It was that song that bring, bring over your old Motown record song or whatever. I don't know what the name of it is, but it's so good. Hot legs, Maggie May. Yeah, Mag, I mean Maggie May. If you don't it's like an Maggie May, classic. come on. Plus, he was married to supermodels. He had like seven supermodel wives. Didn't he? Wasn't he legendary for having a Thanksgiving where all his ex-wives, who were all supermodels, like still come to Thanksgiving with him? And as far as uh, teased hair goes, Rod Stewart was probably the all-time teased hair king. Did you tease your hair for the holiday Halloween? I got a I got a wig. But <laughs> it, looked, it was a, it was a quality wig. I like that costume idea. That's a good idea. By the way, somebody told us that. Uh, did you know that when Harrison Ford accepted the Indiana? 